Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now every week we drive off with strangers, strap ourselves to the hoods of cars, and chase down homicidal maniacs. Who writes this stuff? <laughs> ah well. All this in an effort to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. You know, this week we're going to take a look at another batch of earnings reports. Uh, quiet down, don't cheer so loudly. A large number of companies are set to release their quarterly results. And among the highlights, two of the world's largest car companies... One is Ford and the other, General Motors. They're set to release their results and we'll preview those reports and take a look at some of the other big names on the docket as well. We're also driving head on into some high profile economic data. Now we're going to get our first look at how the economy did during the first three months of the year. Now this is the first GDP report of the Trump years. Now we'll let you know what to look for from that. We've also got a key report about the housing market. We'll check in with the industry and let you know why the hardest thing about buying a house may be finding one. And as always, we'll spin out on some of Wall Street's back roads. We've got stories about Eli Manning's jerseys, Subway's Canadian chicken feud, and Facebook's plan to let you hear with your skin. Okay, and we have a new poll that shows what people think about upper income taxes. And we've got a sign about what Steve Ballmer thinks about government spending. This is the uh, you're going to have to start getting scared edition of Offbeat Wall Street. <laughs> well, Pam, which way are you going? Left or right? Right. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Hi. Well, because it was a 50-50 shot on whether you'd be going left or right. You see, we're both going left could have just as easily been going left, too. And if that was the case, it would have been a while before you started getting scared. But since you're going the other way, I'm afraid you're going to have to start getting scared immediately. Okay, this week we're going to get the first reading on just how the economy did in the first quarter. Now, the government's set to release its latest figures on gross domestic product. That report covers the first three months of the year. Those figures are due out Friday, and they'll be subject to two revisions over the next few months. Last month, the government released final data about the fourth quarter. Now, that report showed a 2.1% pace of growth for the last three months of 2016. Now, this was an upward revision compared to the 1.9% pace of growth that had been previously reported. Even with that upward revision, though, the fourth quarter growth still represented a step down from the third quarter. In the July to September period, GDP rose 3.5%. For 2016 as a whole, the economy saw an anemic 1.6% rate of growth. That was the slowest expansion since 2011. It rose by 2.6% in 2015. Now, the GDP report isn't the only economic report due out this week. There's also some additional info out about the housing market. Now, the government's set to release data on new home sales. This tracks sales of, yep, you guessed it, newly built homes. <laughs> Last month's new home sales figures posted another notable advance. The jump surprised experts and brought the measure to its highest level in seven months. The data showed a 6.1% spike in the pace of new home sales for February, and this followed a rise of 5.3% the previous month. The rate of sales was well above what economists had predicted and also represented the highest level since July when the figure reached an eight-year peak. The report on new home sales comes close on the heels of housing data released on Friday. The National Association of Realtors said that existing home sales jumped in March to reach its highest pace in 10 years. Existing home sales measure sales of, yep, previously owned homes. It represents the largest part, though, of the housing market. The report showed sales were up 4.4% in the month, and that reversed a 3.9% drop the previous month. The pace of sales was well above what economists had predicted. It also marked the highest level since February of 2007. 
Now, according to analysts at the NAR, the biggest problem for existing home sales is a lack of inventory. They said that finding a home can be, uh, quote, strenuous for many buyers and predicted that sales will go up as long as inventory does. Now, given these conditions, it's not surprising that home prices were up in March as well. The median price for an existing home rose 3.6% in the month. That brought the figure to $236,400. Why does she look kind of familiar? That would be because she's a famous actress. Why is she dressed like that? Well, you see, we're making a Hollywood movie in town, and it's a cheerleader movie, and she's one of the cheerleaders. What's a cheerleader movie? A movie about cheerleaders. All right, well, some key data about the housing market will be released this week. Now, at the end of the week, we'll get some stats on sales of previously owned homes, a figure known as existing home sales. See how that works? Now, this represents the biggest part of the housing market. That report is released by the National Association of Realtors, appropriately enough. Now, last month, the report showed that existing home sales fell 3.7% in February. That brought the annual rate to 5.48 million homes. Economists had expected a more modest decline. The consensus estimate was for a drop to a rate of 5.58 million homes. February's drop reversed an advance that was posted the previous month. January's existing home sales jumped 3.3%, rising to the highest rate in almost 10 years. Now, in its analysis, the NAR said that realtors have reported strong foot traffic, but that supplies are low for affordable houses. Speaking of prices, last month's report showed a modest half percent increase in February. This took the median existing home price to $227,300. That was up 7.7% compared to last year. Meanwhile, the number of existing homes available for sale was down 6.4% compared to the same time in 2016. That even despite the fact that February's figure was up 4.2% compared to January. This week, we'll also see the release of data on housing starts. This stat measures new home starting constructions. Last month's report showed a 3% rise in housing starts for February after slumping 1.9% the previous month. However, building permits tumbled 6.2% in February. Building permits are seen as an indicator of future housing demand. The housing market will continue to get some attention next week. Figures on new home sales are due out on April 25th. Along with the housing data, some new information from the Federal Reserve is due out this week. The central bank is set to release its so-called Beige Book. This is a report that compiles all the anecdotal information from the Fed's regional districts. And some amusing anecdotes like that. It gives a general look at how the economy is faring in different parts of the country. It provides a glimpse into what policymakers are thinking about ahead of their next interest rate decision. And it also tells this really cute story about what happened with them and their pets about a week and a half ago. Yeah, well, the Fed is set to make its next policy announcement on May 3rd, and there's been a little movement in the odds of a rate hike. Traders still think any movement of interest rates is very, very unlikely at the May meeting. Trading in Fed futures currently suggests a nearly 96% chance that rates will be kept steady at the next meeting. Looking a bit further out, a rate hike seems likely in June, although it's not a mortal lock. The market is pricing in about a 57% chance that rates will be higher by the end of the June 14th meeting. If he lets us take it out on our own... I want to play ship's mast. Oh, hell no! Ain't no way I'm doing ship's mast. Christ's sake. Don't blaspheme. Sorry. Now, what did you say after the last time? Look, I know what I said. What did you say? I know I said we shouldn't do this No, you didn't say we shouldn't. You said we ain't ever gonna do that again. All right, each week we like to wander off the highway a little bit, take some of the back roads, plow through the cornfields, and take a look at some of the money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Time now for Quick Hits. Well, football season might be a few months away, but Eli Manning, well, he took a pretty big hit last week. 
The New York Giants quarterback turned over an email in connection with a lawsuit that accuses him of participating in the sale of phony memorabilia. The lawsuit was filed by three memorabilia collectors and accuses Manning, the New York Giants, and a team equipment manager of producing and selling items as game-worn memorabilia when the items were actually not even used in a game. Manning had a contract with memorabilia dealer Steiner Sports that required him to provide things like helmets and jerseys that were used in games to be sold to memorabilia collectors. Well, on to another battle off the gridiron. This one, a legal battle involving Subway. Appears the fast food chain has filed a $210 million lawsuit against Canada's National Broadcasting Network. The suit alleges that the broadcaster aired an erroneous report about its chicken products. Now, you may remember that the CBC broadcast a report in February claiming that a scientific test found that chicken products sold by the company contained only about 50% chicken. The rest of the so-called meat was reportedly made up of soy. Now, in a lawsuit filed in an Ontario provincial court, Subway alleged that the CBC report was erroneous and that the company encouraged man-on-the-street testers to lie about its chicken products. I don't know, I'm calling foul on this one. Hey, you know, we like to keep you up to date in the ongoing campaign of tech companies that drive us ever closer to becoming the board. Well, this week we've got a story from, (laughs) surprisingly enough, Facebook. It appears that the social network giant is working on a technology that would enable brains to type and skin to hear. Yeah, instead of implanting anything into the brain, Facebook is planning non-invasive ways of using wearable sensors. The company said it's been working on a brain-to-computer interface that would help in sending thoughts directly to a computer. Another technology in development is a process that would allow a person to hear through their skin using vibrations as a language. Whatever happened to just picking up the phone and calling somebody? Seriously. Well, here's a slightly less ominous product launch from one of our Silicon Valley overlords. Uh, Google. They've redesigned Google Earth. The revamped versions offer guided tours and 3D views to Chrome browsers and Android devices. Now, The service introduced new mobile-friendly features allowing users to see 3D maps of specific locations and to learn about random places around the world. Google Earth is also partnering with organizations like BBC Planet Earth, NASA, Sesame Street, and the Jane Goodall Institute for Interactive Guided Tours. Or alternately, you could just open your door and walk outside. Hey, you know, tax day was last week, so we've got a couple of hits about the intersection of government and commerce. First off, new evidence that people think rich people aren't paying their fair share of taxes. Go figure. A new Gallup poll showed that a majority of Americans believe that corporations and upper-income people are paying too little in taxes. The poll found that 67% of Americans think corporations pay too little in taxes, while 63% think the same about upper-income people. Only about 1 in 10 said corporations on the wealthy pay too much in taxes. All right, and if you're worried about how the government is spending your taxes, well, Steve Ballmer's here to help. Hey, who needs Superman? We've got Steve. The former Microsoft CEO and current owner of the L.A. Clippers has been on a mission to create a database on the U.S. government budget. See, the goal of the project is to reveal the government's spending pattern, balance sheets, and employment. It's also meant to look at government-run businesses. Obama expects the extensive database will combine information from more than 70 government sources. Ever since his retirement in 2014, he's been working with the University of Pennsylvania to set up a searchable database, which you can check for yourself after the show at usafact.org. That site is meant to be a detailed account of each penny spent by the federal, state, and local government. The cost of the project is estimated at around $10 million. And finally, New York City is trying to look out for Uber drivers. Aw, isn't that nice of them? The city's Taxi and Limousine Commission may force Uber and other ride-hailing services to offer a way to tip drivers using their apps. 
The commission has issued a proposal that would require car services that only take credit cards to offer riders a tipping option on the same card. Now, the goal of the rule proposal is to improve earning potential in the for-hire vehicle industry, according to the commission. Do I frighten you? Is it my scar? It's your car. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's my mom's car. Thank you very much, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, please go ahead and rate and review the show. Good ratings help others discover it. It is helpful. And make sure to let all of your friends know. Check out OffBeatWallStreet.com, too. And while you're perusing the interwebs, why not follow us on Twitter at OffBeatWallStreet? And that's uh, ST like you see on the street signs. And, of course, thanks to the big BS, Brian Stewart, for shoveling all the fine words and co-production onto the podcast. Thank you, Brian Stewart. And, of course, a big thank you to our friends at RTT News for providing news and stats used on the show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, you know, we know that networking can be, well, it can be tough. But hang in there. Once you get past the introductions, it'll be time for the small talk. Hello, Jasper. I'm Abernathy. Aber what? Abernathy. What's your first name? That is my first name. What kind of first name is that? You know what? Just call me Abby. Have a great week, everybody.